welcome to Cookie Pocket, an attempt at a podcast, episode 12, Hearts War. This film stars Colin Farrell as Tommy Hart and Bruce Willis as himself. Just kidding. Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis as Colonel McNamara. Um, and the, it takes place in a POW uh, prisoner of war camp um, during World War II. 1945, and it is partially courtroom drama, um, I guess towards the end, uh, and it's also kind of just a thriller. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's a war drama <laughs> slash thriller slash war movie, uh, including all the mm-hmm. tropes and everything. Um, mm-hmm. But essentially, Tommy Hart is the attorney for a black uh, fighting uh, Tuskegee Airman um, who is imprisoned at the camp as well. Um, and he's accused uh, of the murder of a racist sergeant um, among the ranks at the POW camp, and it's up to Tommy Hart to defend him and um, essentially find out who done it, mm-hmm. as courtroom dramas mm-hmm. technically or are supposed to go. <laughs> um, but this one is very different uh, because it has Bruce Willis and it has fighter planes in it. <laughs> so um, between either of you, uh, what was your overall impression of the film? Uh, well, um, I, I guess I can start. I liked this movie more than I expected to. Um, I will admit that in terms of production, this movie is sort of like every war movie that came out at the time. Uh, this movie kind of has that early 2000s war movie look and feel. Lots of kind of deep blacks and tinted blue night scenes. Um, if pretty much any movie that came out at the time that featured like a concentration camp or a prison or a prisoner of war camp was going to have this similar color grading and this similar look to it. Uh, so I don't think it really stands out that much in terms of production, but I do think it, uh, kind of takes on some more interesting themes than a lot of other war movies at the time did. The kind of the concept they bring up of duty versus honor and incorporating these racial issues within the uh, w- within the camp dynamic as well. I thought that added another layer to it and uh, made it a bit more interesting. Um, now, in terms of kind of the, the prisoner of war subgenre, uh, this movie's kind of up against movies like The Great Escape, which, uh, let's face it, if Hearts War is going head-to-head with The Great Escape, <laughs> The Great Escape is always going to win because that's one of the yeah. best movies of all time. But I think that for what it is, this movie is all right, and it, and it surpassed my expectations to a certain extent. So I gave it a three out of five. Good, Christian. I I moderately enjoyed it. I gave it a two out of five, but I was wrestling with the idea of giving it a two and a half out of five. Um, I, I I enjoyed watching it. I was never extremely invested in Colin Farrell's character. I just like he's he's definitely a good actor, and he he performs to his mandate. He does pretty much everything he needs to do. But uh, for some reason, I just kind of like wasn't totally into his character, which is fine. Mm. But um, and not necessarily a, a critical downgrading if I'm being totally objective. But um, I I um, I liked Terrence Howard, and um, I, I liked how the plot sort of unravels. And to me, honestly, the most interesting character was uh, the Nazi colonel that's sort of in in charge of uh, lording over the camp. Um, and at first, that made me really uncomfortable, uh, especially while we were watching the idea of, of humanizing 
a character like that in it to any extent. Mm-hmm. But um, I realize that it's kind of a compliment to um, deepening the conflict and um, stressing how human relations and uh, the individuals involved in a war are not always reflective of the regimes that they're tied to and uh, the duties that they're basically required to perform. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that was a nice human touch to it. I think what um, I think my biggest critique is I just uh, the the sacrifice at the end of the movie that um, uh, Colonel McNamara makes Bruce Willis's character did not hit me super well, especially given uh, just uh, I couldn't get around that his initial plan was basically to sacrifice Terrence Howard's character because he was in a black man and in a situation where he didn't have uh the same amount of power to defend himself that an, an accused white man would have had. Mm-hmm. And I understand that I totally understand the logic that um, you want to save as many men as you can, especially in the context of war, that makes total sense to me. But uh, given the racial context of uh, uh, McNamara's plan, it, it made me deeply uncomfortable. And I realized that he um, sort of, uh, he overcomes that sin at the end with his sacrifice, which which was great. But um, in in my head, I feel like he sort of owed that to um, to Lincoln Howard's character at the beginning. So um, it didn't hit me as hard as I think the movie wanted it to. But um, overall, it, it was a good film. I I enjoyed it well enough. I guess two out of five. Okay. Hmm. Um. I, I love this film. <laughs> uh, I think I, I'm just going to say that outright. Um, I love it for a lot of different reasons. Um, yeah, I've seen The Great Escape, and I absolutely agree, Zach. Uh, the Great Escape is one of the best movies of all time. Um, and I've seen uh, The Bridge on the River Kwai and Stalag 17. Yep. Um, so those are my influences of POW uh, movies. Um, but in terms of this one, uh, I, I did. Le- it definitely has a lot of the 2002 tropes to it and i feel like feel like the marketing for it was very very misleading um i think it's just something you just have to go in and just kind of experience and you know just don't don't take anything from what other people say or what what, how they advertise it or what even what the actors say um i think it's more of like a director type of thing um Mm -hmm. but yeah i the, the main reasons why i really like it is that it adds a lot of nuances to on top of a lot of war movie tropes of the time and it adds very serious tones that are based off of historic events. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't over-exaggerate or under-exaggerate anything. And seeing that this movie came out, it was supposed to come out, I think, right around 9-11. And it came out right uh, in 2002. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot, one of the main things a lot of people would have been worrying about is political polarization. And I see virtually none. I can't even, I don't think there's any evidence of that at all. Um, there are very clear moral messages here. Um, and it's, it's very honest with the way that it portrays, uh, certain military aspects. Um, not only like just in general, like how the army even is today, but the, of the, of that time period, specifically the racial things. Um, it actually, like Christian had mentioned, um, the commandant, the, the fact they even went to that point to humanizing him, um, is definitely a very risky thing to do. Um, he has, they have to do mm-hmm. it very correctly. Um, in my For opinion, sure. I feel like they had. Um, I don't think there's any discredit to, you know, who he was or what, you know, POW commandants were like. And, you know, he was calling mm-hmm. the Russians earlier in the movie um, 
Wintermensch and things like that. Um, so that that is obviously very bad. I mean, the, the yeah. antagonists are very bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Bedford, um, the racist sergeant, um, they even give justification as to why he was racist and not justification in his eyes, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but they give his perspective. They don't just make him like some dumb racist that he was like, I was an, I was a St. Louis cop. I saw these things. And it's it's really I think that stuff like that is really impactful because, you know, that he's a terrible person. You know that mm-hmm. this is a very evil thing that he believes. But the fact that they went mm-hmm. the movie goes as far as to justify it or not. I shouldn't say justify, but goes far to as to make it believable. Yeah. yeah make yeah. explain it. Um, and make make him make him a very believable character, um, mm-hmm. makes him a, a very scary character, um, yeah. and to see him die, you kind of feel happy. Obviously, first you're like, "Thank God that guy's dead," um, <laughs> and then you realize the implications of him dying make the story extremely more complicated. So mm-hmm. it's just like every every negative aspect that the movie throws at you, it, it makes it forcibly important to the story. Yeah. And the biggest yeah. thing that Christian mentioned, I'm going to mention it a little bit later, how the how the film had ended. Uh, how important it was of like the duty and, and honor, sacrifice, courage, uh, and um, things like those aspects like that. And the military um, absolutely go over every every other human aspect of you, no matter how flawed you are as a person, or um, what how you were in the U.S. as a civilian, or how what your moral perspectives are, or how you are. All of them are soldiers, and mm-hmm. that's a very hard pill to swallow. That's mm-hmm. probably like the hardest pill to swallow for any viewer. Um, especially people who aren't you know, entirely familiar with the military. Um, and that's, I think that's a risk worth taking. Um, for a lot of people, it might not be, but um, I gave the film a four out of five. My only criticism being uh, minor pacing issues in the beginning um, and things kind of not really lining up correctly in terms of uh, Colin Farrell, Tom, Tommy Hart's character. Um, but yeah, four mm-hmm. out of five. Yeah. So uh, on to my next topic. Um, one of the main screenwriters, uh, Billy Ray, didn't actually read Hearts War, the the novel yeah. that the movie had some basis in, due to the fact mm-hmm. that little of the movie had much due to the novel besides the beginning sequences and Hearts kind of uh, not having the shoes, getting interrogated, um, the boxcars getting attacked by the P-51s that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took from many real-life stories in POW camps and also was obviously inspired by the great escape and Stalag 17 and movies like that. Yeah. Uh, did either of you think the first act felt out of place or awkwardly paced? Um, cause towards the end, I kind of, you kind of almost forget about it. Um, especially cause as he goes to the camp, they kind of have enough flashbacks to it to the point where it almost feels as though a lot of the first act wasn't even needed or they dragged it out too much or tried to over dramatize it. But what uh-huh. were your guys' opinions? Uh, well, I have read, I, I read that this movie originally, was quite a bit longer or had a lot more subplots and they cut a lot out of it. Uh, one actor, Jonathan Brandis, who was in this film, um, apparently like he had this whole subplot where he was a witness in the trial and that all got cut out to the point mm-hmm. where he's basically not even a character in the final movie. Um, so I do think kind of the first act in some places feel a little out of place, but to me that felt like perhaps a consequence of somebody coming in and saying, okay, this movie's too long, we gotta trim it down, and maybe cutting out scenes that would've maybe featured flashbacks to the first act, um, or kind of thematically referenced the first act more in order to tie those up. It it felt like there was at some point a version of the movie where that first act did not feel tonally different and uh, 
subtextually different to the rest of the movie mm -hmm. and that the bits that helped that not be the case got cut out over time. I don't know if that was the case, but throughout I felt like there's probably a director's cut of this movie that makes a lot more sense. Um, <laughs> but that might not be the case. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I was going to mention, actually, at the beginning, one of the things that, that kind of bothered me, uh, it was kind of historically inaccurate, the date that they put, uh, of oh. course. That, of course, that would only bother me and no one else. <laughs> but um, <laughs> there, there's the Malmody Massacre in real life uh, during the Battle of the Bulge where a lot of 101st Airborne were captured and killed, um, mm. obviously against the Geneva Convention. Um, and he just heart falls in the bodies. And he's like, they have this like cool, kind of cool pan shot of him going out and, you know, I mean, you know, crashing the Jeep, going into the uh, bodies and stuff. But they just showed that mm -hmm. just for the heck of it. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's kind of, it kind of bothers me because it, it totally doesn't make any sense. But go ahead, mm -hmm. Christian. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I get what you were saying with, with the opening bits. Uh, it definitely, I mean, he's kind of like, when I was asking myself questions about why this was happening is when he's just like sitting in the corner naked. I was kind of like, I have no idea where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, I was definitely, in terms of how entertained I was, I mean, the, the sequence with the Jeep definitely caught my attention. So I guess it served its purpose there. And I think it's important, at least to some extent, to contextualize um, the torture that he went through before he encounters Colonel McNamara or else. I really think the viewer would not have any sympathy for Farrell's character, and it would it would really um, kind of eat away at the themes of his character as a moral figure defending Lincoln, and uh, it it wouldn't establish a credible conflict between him and McNamara. So I actually think a lot of the opening stuff is important in that regard. Yeah, I, I feel like the opening stuff is important to set up um, Hart's arc, uh, because Hart's character, at least I saw it, is him sort of going through this arc of, at the beginning, he's tortured, and he eventually gives away the locations of these fuel dumps, because he's not really willing to make, like, a sacrifice. And mm -hmm. then at the end, he's willing to sacrifice his life to save Terrence Howard's character. But again, I've kind of felt like some of the middle of that arc, um, maybe another occasion where he's not willing to make a sacrifice, or where he's... Uh, debating making that sacrifice i felt like some mm -hmm. of the middle of that arc was kind of missing but i yeah. i totally got that the first act was where we're setting that up mm -hmm. yeah like more like an explicit turning point yeah in his character arc yeah um yeah i mean in general i really liked his character and you know it was hearts war so it was kind of more about him mm -hmm. and a lot of those sequences the whole that entire uh, you know, bombing the boxcars and stuff like that, even though they huddled together and, uh, to make POW. Things like that did kind of happen, not sequence by sequence, but incidentally throughout throughout the war. Mm -hmm. Things related to that kind of happened, but, I mean, they made, they made that overdramatic on purpose. Um, but, you know, him getting blown, the, the boxcars getting blown up and all the prisoners having to travel miles and miles, that happened in the book, um, and the whole boot thing happened. So, I mean, there's things like that, you know, it was important in the book. But like I said, the screenwriter was like, well, we're kind of straying away making our own story now. So, uh, yeah, the book doesn't really <laughs> matter too much anymore. Um, yeah. So I, going I had, on to, oh, what were you going to say, Zach? I was just going to say, I had read that that screenwriter who said he hadn't read the book, um, I think came in like late on the project, mm -hmm. I, I think, and was like mm -hmm. assigned to like make fixes and changes to make it feel more like a movie. 
I, yeah. I presume the person who started writing the screenplay had read the book, but maybe that wasn't the case either. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I, I didn't totally mm. read into it, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting though. We'll take your word for it. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely take yes. Zach's word, word for it on that. Um, so in terms of uh, the casting, uh, Terrence Howard <laughs> was in Red Tails. I actually really like Red Tails for a lot of different reasons. Jointly directed by Anthony Hemingway and George Lucas, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Woo>! uh, <laughs> as a he was a Tuskegee Airman in that, so that that was interesting. I actually really liked him in that. Um, mm-hmm. He starred in various dramas. Um, they didn't really tend to do very well, uh, but he was an Iron Man, James Rhodes. Uh, yeah, then no longer James Rhodes. And then he was RIP, fired. Don Cheadle in the least important James Rhodes movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the only movie where James Rhodes doesn't wear Iron Man armor at any point. Right, he looks at That's... it and he says, "I'll be back." And then he wasn't. <laughs> and then he isn't. <laughs> and then Don Cheadle's like, hey. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, um, early on, in, it was early on in Colin Farrell's acting career. Uh, he was in Minority Report, mm-hmm. um, which is a f- oh, based yeah. on a Philip Dick novel. That was a Spielberg movie in 2003, mm-hmm. I think. He was a Department mm-hmm. of Justice agent or something. Uh, he was in a war drama, which I've never seen. Apparently, it failed miserably in the box office, but it was rated oh. okay. Tigerland. Um, he was the lead in that. And then, of course, Total Recall 2012, which is the most recent mm-hmm. thing I can remember seeing him in, mm-hmm. um, which I was okay with. Um, an unneeded movie. I was okay with it. But, uh, well, yeah. we can't forget uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh, oh yes. yes, of course. <laughs> that cinematic magnum opus. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Christian. Um, <laughs> is he good at it christian huh i mean you like him more when he you find out he's actually johnny depp so whoa spoiler I don't know. <laughs> anyway um Sorry. uh in general these two actors only these two okay oh okay. H- how do you think they delivered uh do you think they're convincing and interesting do you think they had uh, a lot of nuance in their dialogue um i particularly liked their dialogue a lot but what did you guys think uh, well, I went first for both of the previous two questions. So, Christian, would you like to go first on this one? Sure. How kind of you, Zach. I, I accept your proposition. Ah. Um, I thought the dialogue was good, you know. Uh, I didn't really have an issue with over overly dramatic um, speech from either character or just and really from anyone in the movie. But um, I liked I liked both actors. Like like I said, I think Colin Farrell performs to his mandate, but I don't think his character is super sympathetic, even given the intro stuff. I just think it's really hard to come around to the fact that he does cave into the to the uh, Nazi forces, which is like is super super unfair, uh, g- given given days of torture. But I mean, you later on you learn that he caved um, much sooner than others did, and. I just think that's a really difficult turnaround, mm-hmm. but I think they do it as well as they can. Yeah. Um, and uh, Terrence Howard is is great. I think I think he's a very talented actor. I think it's kind of unfortunate that his career is, is where it is right now. Mm. But um, gone apparently as of September yeah, of last he's, year. He made some like weird uh, comments in the public eye about like religion and whatever. I I don't know. I don't, geometry. I don't <laughs> geometry. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, uh, he's he's talented. I hope he finds his way back. I guess. Yeah. I I think I think he performs well enough, and I definitely think that's far and away the the character that the audience is most emotionally invested in. So, mm-hmm. um, I would say I think I think both actors are good in this. I I think when they're on screen, they perform well enough. 
I would say though that I connected more with Colin Farrell. I would say as as a character really? with heart. Um, I'm I'm a fan of. I, I'm quite a cynical person, so I tend to be a fan <laughs> of of characters that might maybe make cowardly decisions or do stupid things or do selfish mm-hmm. things because I feel that they kind of better reflect real people. Uh, because everybody likes to think that they would be a hero. Everybody likes to think that they would be the good guy in in a bad situation. But a lot of the time, a lot of those people who think they would be heroic when faced with a dangerous situation where they're in danger make selfish, stupid decisions that get other people hurt. Uh, so I, I, I kind of do like how Hart makes the decision to sort of cave to, to the Nazi pressure and, and he... Uh, reveals the location of the fuel dumps, and then I like his arc, how he kind of builds throughout the film of being this sort of disgrace of an officer to sort of redeeming himself within this uh, court context and being willing to make that sacrifice for Terrence Howard's character. Uh, Terrence Howard, I think, is an okay actor. I've never been wowed by him in anything, but I think he's good in everything that I have seen him in. But again, I, I this is a character, his character in this, I feel like I would probably have connected to him more if there was more of him in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He, as it is, he, what we see of his character in the film, I feel like he's sort of there to tell stories that will inspire people, and he's there to say things that remind us that racism is bad and that, and that people like him are, are just as equal to all the other soldiers, which is true. But I feel like since most of the times that he's on screen, he's basically just spouting those lines. I didn't connect with him as much as an actual character. I'm sure there were scenes or shots where he's just having casual conversations or uh, th- th- just talking further with Colin Farrell about the case that they're working on. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are scenes like that that got left on the cutting room floor. And I, I, and I wish I could have seen a little bit more of those to just see what this guy's like when he's not laying out like a story about his son or a, a metaphorical story we're meant to connect to the plot um so colin farrell i'd say i connect with more but both actors are good yeah i i also connected with colin farrell more for pretty uh pretty much the exact reasons that zach had mentioned um and i also would like a, i would have seen terrence howard a lot more um and see him more as like a developed uh kind of he 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 could have had his own flaws as well um Mm -hmm. obviously it's very difficult to push that message and what i would say on that is um with a lot of the racial tension and pressure from virtually everybody um not only was it uh, a raw found you know raw um raw racism from uh Mm -hmm. sergeant bedford um and but also it was kind of like contrived like uh very deep, like uh, very thought out kind of everybody has to at least, even if they aren't racist, they have to at least pretend that they hate, they hate black people just to get this mission to go forward. Um, essentially. And he has to face through all of that and he has to experience it. He's experiencing it as if it's an actual thing. And Mm -hmm. he's, he's believes he truly believes because this is what he's been living his whole life. Um, that he's constantly been treated unequally, um, and systematically treated unequally. And, um, you know, him suffering through that so much and just going through the war and finally going to a POW camp. And now he's still suffering with it, even though he's thousands of miles away from home. He's still experiencing the exact same thing, even as a soldier in uniform. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. 
So that that is my justification for his character. And I do agree, Zach. A lot of what he says is very blatant and obviously very true things. Like this, he's pushing a, a message that virtually everybody agrees with, or at least everybody should agree with. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think there's a lot, definitely a lot of substance behind that racist aspect of it. And I think it him just him existing brings a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of that theme. He he's the, definitely the driving force behind that theme for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, uh, I really liked Colin Farrell as well. And, you know, he was very, I don't think he was like super compelling or there was any, weren't any, there weren't too many moments where he was like, ah, you know, but like, he was like, yeah, oh, that was good. Like he did, you know, those, that was really interesting moments, especially in the courtroom and things like that. Um, he recites his lines very well, very effectively. And he, he, he asked to be an actor, um, portraying a character, but also has to be an attorney, um, fighting for the side of an actor who is uh, portraying a character. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that that's definitely something that he has to overcome, and I think he does that very well. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of character development, he's not terribly interesting uh, uh, when it comes to other characters I've seen in other war movies, uh, believe it or not, <laughs> um, even even older ones. Um, yeah. But he, I think he really delivers as much as he can. He does the best he can, as uh, Christian had mentioned. Um, you know, there's not... I think I think he was well cast, and I don't think there's too much more you could have asked from him. Um, so my sub question, uh, I have two of them. Uh, oh. You're gonna know what the other one is when I tell you the first one. Um, okay. I was gonna ask you what about um, Marcel Yurish, Obert's uh, Visser. He was the camp commandant, mm-hmm. and Cole Hauser is Vic Bedford. Were they? Do you think they were a convincing antagonist? Um, yeah, I. I... Weird little thing when watching the movie. Cole Hauser is, I believe, the son of an actor named Wings Hauser. Mm-hmm. And Wings Hauser, in, in like the 80s, weirdly often got cast as like these racist officers and racist officials. Um, there's in, in A Soldier Story, which is another like soldier encampment movie, he plays this racist officer. Uh-huh. And when watching this movie, I thought before I even knew that Cole Hauser and Wings Hauser were related, I thought, you know what? If this movie was made in the 80s, this role would be played by Wings Hauser, and lo and behold, <laughs> he's his son. Um, and I think, he plays, I, I think he plays that Wings Hauser racist role just <laughs> fine. He takes after his old man. He's got that kind of... He's got that kind of sleazy edge to him, and, and he really does have, I mean... a poor Cole Hauser. He really does have the look for this kind of character. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, he's got kind of that, like, slim face and the stubble mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of, like, weaselly eyes that dart around. Uh, like, yeah. he really does fit this sort of character of the guy that when you walk into the room, you know he's going to cause trouble. And I think he plays that really well. I'm, sh- I'm sure he's not like that in real life. I'm sure Cole <laughs> Hauser is a wonderful man. But he, he plays that character really well in this film. He's the, he's the guy that you immediately hate, like, as soon as he stands up and speaks mm-hmm. uh, in the film. And uh, our, our Nazi commandant, I cannot remember the name of the actor, even though you just said it, Mitchell. Um, Marshall Yurish. Like... <laughs> okay, Marshall Yurish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he plays his role well as well. Um, the sort of honorable um, Nazi who's in charge of the POW camp is, is a role that I think is, is a character that exists in pretty much every story about a prisoner of war camp. 
Um, all of these movies, you kind of go into, okay, who's the guy in charge? Why is he in charge? Does he really believe in this? And most of them come out with a character sort of like this, a guy that is in charge and has this deep sense of, like, honor and and, and duty and maybe doesn't 100% agree with, like, the people in charge, but he's doing what he's doing because it's what the country's doing. Mm-hmm. And I think he plays that well enough. Uh, one of my favorite bits of the movie was uh, the conversation he has with Bruce Willis' character about, let's go out into the yard and have an officer's duel. Um, and he, he sort of just dismisses him and, and, and talks him out of it and d- discusses how, you know, people like them have more distinguished ways of, uh, of dealing with their issues. And I thought that was a, a great little exchange that really sheds light on his thought process. Mm-hmm. Christian? I agree. I, I think that they're both engaging in, in opposite ways. Uh, ironically, I end up hating Bedford a lot more. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, it's funny because like, but like every way that I can compliment his performance is, is a reason that I absolutely despised his character. Yeah. So it's a very weird double-edged sword to talk about (laughs) it like this, but, um, yeah, he made me really hate his character. So good on him, I guess. Um, yeah. And, uh, the other guy who I, I also forgot his name. (laughs) Commandant? Yeah. The Commandant. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Was, Commandant. Was, I thought he was the most interesting character in, yeah. in the movie. Um, I was, every time he had something to say, I was invested and I wanted to hear it. So I, I think like every single one of his lines as, as a purpose, whether that's uh, directly to serve the plot or to uh, further uh, the arc of, of uh, Farrell's character or, and, and it, it's just very interesting how he, uh, proverbially works the room um between um mcnamara and and uh allowing the trial to proceed is like this this uh, sick um mode of entertainment for him mm-hmm. um it's it's very interesting and i i've never really considered the idea of of a of a nazi being an interesting character and it and at first it did make me uncomfortable but i think that it definitely um added to the movie as a whole mm-hmm and it's even worse when the commandant actually has a point. When he actually has something that's credible, yeah. he has credible evidence. He's 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 criticizing McNamara for trying to be this American war hero. That mm-hmm. our our we're the Americans. We're fighting you know Nazi Germany. We're anti-racists and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he's like, "Are you really anti-racist? Are you really? Is your country perfectly yeah. fine? Are you guys not having your own racial issues?" And that's yep. like mm-hmm. such that that is that concept is first of all not very not not touched on very much in cinema I don't think nope. and <laughs> yeah and and second it's it's very troubling like it makes you really really like feel you don't really know what to believe anymore you know mm-hmm. you're very confused yeah. with yourself and very troubled as to how something like that could happen and it especially is among a lot of these movies like We Were Soldiers and like shows like Band of Brothers where it really looks like the American military is very pure. And they take this histor- this very historically accurate. Um, they take very historically accurate accounts and compile them and kind of portray it on the screen in this manner um, through the- through these characters. And I think that is very a very very unique thing um, about this film. And I, that's one of the reasons why you can appeal to uh, the commandant as a terrible person, <laughs> as the antagonist, um, and and also as a graduate from Yale. Like they 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 just keep yes. pushing it. Like yeah. he's. 
he, he and, and you get the sense when he's drunk and everything and he's like i lost my son in world war one just like the french and the british lost their sons and stuff like that like mm-hmm. he's really pushing to be he's he's work what he's doing is working and that's the worst thing to see Mm-hmm. It's not just like an evil person's finally doing something. Like I'm not. I hate to make this comparison, but Thanos. Okay, <laughs> it's not like he's actually accomplishing something. You're like, wow, I'm so troubled. He actually did what he's saying he's gonna do. But I mean, mm-hmm. he he he's an explained character. Like I had said with Bedford. That that is my final mm-hmm. conclusion with Bedford. By the way, explained character. <laughs> um, yeah. And Bedford yeah. as I, very very convincing racist. And he's you know I. Full, I fully, I full on believe. I'm so sorry, Cole Hauser. Okay, but I, <laughs> it's very hard for me not to believe you're racist after seeing that performance, and that's a compliment to his performance. Like Zach yeah. said, I'm sure he's a great guy. But anyway, um, yeah, he, it's, it, like like I had said earlier, how he how they explained it and how he's just so he's such a very convincing, realistic character, and that that to me is very important, especially in a story like this and when th- facts are being considered and things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I definitely thought they were very compelling and I think there's very little that they could have done. Um, they could have changed, um, but with obvious, you know, controversial side effects. Hmm. Um, and my final sub question, how was Bruce Willis as Colonel McNamara? Would you like to start Christian? <laughs> uh, sure. Okay. I'll start. I mean, he wasn't, I mean, it seems like he cares enough to try. In terms of acting, it seemed like that to me, at least. Yeah, I, 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 I um, I'll give him that much, but I just, I really can't come around to um, feeling sympathetic about his sacrifice. I, I just can't. I, re- I really, really just can't because it still, ultimately, comes from a place of, uh, this this black man is of a lower stature than everybody else. So he, we are going to use him as a sacrifice. And even though that is in some ways valiant because he's trying to save as many men as he can, he, he's still using Terrence Howard's blackness to save himself and other white men. And I, that premise is, I just cannot get past that premise regardless. But um, it, it's good that he ends up sacrificing himself instead of uh, Lincoln. And... Um, I think his performance was decent, but I was just really frustrated with the character throughout, um, given that premise. Um, and McNamara, it's pretty quickly realized that that uh, his whole proceeding over the the trial is a sham. And I don't, I didn't find him even remotely sympathetic until he comes back and sacrifices himself. And to me, there needs to be there needs to be something more there. But given an extremely uncomfortable premise that is entirely reliant on a disparity in stature because of Lincoln's skin color and the fact that I didn't think there was enough buildup to feeling sympathetic about his character. That is probably like the main reason I gave this a two out of five instead of a two and a half or a three. Mm-hmm. I would say Bruce Willis at this point is kind of notorious as an actor who's stopped caring. Um, Nowadays, he has these rules where if he's going to be in your movie, you, he has to have all his scenes done in a day, and then he has a body double he usually works with that does everything else. 
So at this point, Bruce Willis is kind of just exclusively in like low budget trash, and then his body <laughs> doubles back is in the rest of the movie. Um, I feel like this is before I. I feel like this is before he totally stopped caring. Uh, he clearly cared enough to be on set. I'm sure they didn't do all his scenes in a day on this. I'm sure he was on set for a little longer than a day. They filmed this, I think, in like. Uh, Prague or something like that so he went overseas mm -hmm. to film the movie that's a, a modicum of caring i don't necessarily know if he cared enough to give much of a performance though um mitchell when, when you reviewed this film earlier than when we discussed it mm -hmm. and i asked you does bruce willis care in this film you told me something along the lines of i don't know if his character really requires him to care that much mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i i would kind of agree with you uh, yeah. This is a character that, regretfully, I think Bruce Willis doesn't necessarily need to care that much about his performance to play, because most of this film, he's kind of just resolute and walled off, and I'm going to say <laughs> these things because I'm a tired general <laughs> and I want to get the day done. And that could either be a performance, because he's just kind of totally out of it, and he's like burnt out by the war, and he's just tired. Or he's or burnt it could out be by that his Bruce Willis career. is just tired. Yeah, yes. right, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I think it sort of works, but I, I feel like Bruce Willis is a good actor. He's a funny guy. He's able to get like a real dramatic performance and real emotions out of an audience. And I think it's kind of sad that he might be the least impressive aspect of this movie. Um, yeah. I think all the other actors are working circles around him and he's kind of just standing in the middle with a non-committal shrug. Um, <laughs> so I think he's fine. He's not actively bad. Um, but he, I think he's a total flat line for most of the movie. Yeah. And I would, I would have to agree. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't totally expecting a lot from him, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you know, besides obviously like the sixth sense and, uh, unbreakable and, and things like that. Um, he's pretty much, everything's just die hard die pretty hard, much. Yes. <laughs> so, um, they, they actually tried to advertise this as die hard somehow. I don't yeah. know how, but they tried to market it that way. Um, maybe it was just to convince people to make them think differently, which I guess is fair, but that's just not being honest. So yeah. that's not what marketing is for. Um, that's deception. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, like I had said, um, he, this is a character that does not have to try very hard and every time he's supposed to do something, he does it to the extent of which he is expected to do it. Um, I think the one time where I saw his expression change significantly was when the, uh, fighter plane was crashing and he mm -hmm. kind of has a surprise face. I'm like, I, I don't think I've ever seen Bruce Willis surprised like that <laughs> in a very long time, if ever. Yeah. He yeah. like, he was like, his mouth was like open, like gaping for like yeah. a split second. I was like, wow, this is like, wh where was this this whole time? His jaw <laughs> actually uh, works. Yeah. Yes. His jaw works. Yes. And he, he can move his, his face. Yeah. He doesn't just whisper like this. Like he has, yeah. a, he has a freaky <laughs> problem. But um, but yeah, no, I I like that. Every time he has to express emotion, he does it fine. But he, you yeah. know, it doesn't it doesn't like totally hit off. And um, Colin Farrell's like oh, uh, every time he interacts with him. <laughs> so um, which is a part yeah. of his character. But like I said, yeah. it can be very distracting. Kind of take you out of the moment. Make you realize it's Bruce Willis. Everybody knows it's Bruce Willis. So, um. You know, exactly what Zach said. I think he was a flat line. He didn't really add too much. He didn't really take away too much. Um, and that adds credibility to Christian's point um, to the fact of not caring too much uh, about the end, not really feeling sympathy for him towards the end. 
Um, but I was going to ask, uh, what was the most surprising thing you actually found out about the ending? Was anything remarkably obvious, like you knew the whole time? Or was anything, like, absolutely a twist, like you are not expecting it at all? Um, well, I wouldn't necessarily say the ending astonished me. Uh, the, the ending didn't make me go, oh my god! But, like, <laughs> I, I suppose I didn't necessarily expect the ending. I did not necessarily expect um, Bruce Willis to be the one who died. If anything, I kind of expected Colin Farrell, um, Hart, to be the one that died, because I thought it would fulfill his arc, um, and, and it would kind of bring things full circle. Um, I mean, I suppose it makes sense for Bruce Willis' character to die narratively, um, but it didn't really astonish me. It was kind of, ma mainly because I think of Bruce Willis's performance and my lack of investment in his character. It was kind of the thing that happened and then the movie was over. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. What surprised me was that um, the Commandant was going to kill everybody involved in the trial. Yeah. And then Bruce Willis shows up and he's like, okay, I'll kill just you and I'll let everybody else off the hook because you came back. Like, that, that surprised me. And I think... Like the only reason I I found that uh, believable is because that to me that character uh, has like a very um, diverse and complex um, way of understanding humans and the way that he's kind of uh, mathematically justifies the the operations in the camp and he's got like a very uh, systematic yet also um, it's totally up to him. It's very arbitrary, but it's also systematic, and it feels measured, even though it's not really. So there's there's a lot of wiggling room there in his character and the way that he's established to make that make some sense, but it still hit me as a surprise. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's a positive for the mm -hmm. ending, but I also agree with everything Zach said about Bruce Willis. Yeah, and um, no, I, I do think... I think the way that he's supposed to exist is he's not necessarily supposed to be a absolute believable everybody's supposed to like him leader everybody is flawed and he's probably yeah. one of the most flawed people in the movie um yeah, for sure besides the antagonist obviously but yes. um yeah no and it really plays very hard into the army kind of way of looking at things and i'm trying not to be biased <laughs> but um <laughs> mcnamara's in the the first army infantry for example, he's in the first infantry division, I mean, and their motto is no mission too difficult, no sacrifice too great, duty first. That's their mm -hmm. motto. Mm -hmm. um, and and just th that as an example, I mean, things like that. He was a West Point grad. His entire family was West Point. So um, he, yeah. he looks at everything as if everything, the war is still going on and he still has to continue these missions and things like that, no matter what, um, no matter what the situation is. And like I said, various situations in the movie are controversial, and you know, it's some. I personally think that they make total sense to me as somebody who very much enjoys military things and mm -hmm. looks at things from a military perspective when watching war movies. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Not as uh, not well, I wouldn't say not as the average person. This is harder to relate to as an average person. I don't think it's impossible, but it's harder. Um, yeah. And I understood what the reason why he did what he did and why he had to do it. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have even I, I would say even Lincoln Scott knew that because when Lincoln yeah. Scott found out, he wasn't like, oh, man, this is a sham. He was for like two seconds. And then he kind mm -hmm. of came to the realization, like, now I know what honor means. 
yeah. and yeah. things like that. And even he himself as a soldier, after experiencing all of that, knew that he was fighting for his country and that he as a soldier had to do his duty no matter what. And that sounds bad, especially in, you know, that sounds bad to, to some people, um, mm-hmm. especially in the contemporary context. Um, you know, just, oh, because racism is absolutely, you know, absolutely bad, has to be get, gotten rid of no matter what. But mm-hmm. in the military, things are looked at completely differently, that sacrifices have to be made, you know, decisions have to be made based on weighing the options and trying to save this one. Like, Christian understands this, of course. I, he said it himself. But yeah. having one one black person, 35 white people, in that case, it's not that. It's 35 soldiers versus one soldier. Right. And that's I the way that they that. looked at it. And Christian, yeah. I, I perfectly, I understand your perspective, and I, I, I'd say that's a perfectly mm-hmm. fair point to make and that's entirely valid um but that is how the reason why i really like this movie one of the reasons why and i think it Mm -hmm. it justifiably makes sense in the context but it's a very it's a very you know it it it, no holds barred it goes it goes all the way like it tries to explain this to you and if you don't get it then it's not necessarily your fault (laughs) um but if, if you understand what the director is going for then then you know that's how it is um, yep. but yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say. Um, uh, any other thoughts or I guess we can just go to the rundown now if you guys want to, unless you have any, unless you have any other burning questions or comments. Uh, two out of five. It was, it was decent. Um, yeah. Thanks Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank, thank you, you for Christian. making us talk about uncomfortable things in, yes. in a good, in a good setting where, uh, uh, objective conversation rules it's i think it's very good that we discuss these things yes Thank yeah you. I, I was gonna say i feel like this movie is uh characterized by four out of five um style subjects and concepts executed mm-hmm. in a th- two out of five way uh okay. i feel like in terms of production <laughs> and screenwriting a lot of that is sort of two out of five level but i think it's the concepts and the ideas here that are pretty heady stuff and and elevates it to a three out of five for me Okay. Interesting critical analysis. Four out of five, gang. Four out of five, gang. It's a great war movie. Um, if I, I will say, um, if you are interested in a POW movie, if you if you have seen POW movies, I think this is one that you have to see. If you liked Great Escape enough, um, yeah. and you like Stalag 17, older movies like that, this takes from those a lot. Um, mm-hmm. If you like World War II war movies in general, this is pretty good. Um, not a lot of action. It's very much drama. No. Um, mm-hmm. If you like A Few Good Men, this is kind of similar to that, um, the courtroom aspects of it. Um, it's not absolutely crucial to the movie necessarily. Um, if you like Bruce Willis, this Zach described it perfectly, flatline. Um, <laughs> but he's in it, and if you like Bruce Willis and everything, then you might like him in this. Um, Maybe. Colin Farrell, This is, I think this is one of his best performances. Um, if you like Terrence Howard in Red Tails, the, he, I think he does a better job in this. And... The issues that are portrayed in this are universally understood, very easy to uh, comprehend, um, but are very controversial. Um, so if you tend to be uh, offended by things like that, um, especially, you know, prominent racial issues, because this goes all the way, you know, the Redford uses racial slurs and things like that, things mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. if, if that bothers you, of course, you know, I would not recommend seeing this movie. Um, but if you're interested in things like that, if you want to see a good, relatively good historical representation of certain aspects of POW camps and what honor and duty means and leadership in the army and things like that, it's a good watch. So onward okay. to the rundown. Right. <laughs> 60 seconds. 
uh, different things pertaining to the movie we just discussed will be uh, verbally accosted at Zach, and Zach will respond with a rating out of five. Okay. Mitchell, are you ready? Do I start? Yes. Epic. Okay, I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. Bible to say I'm sorry. Two out of five. Red tails. Two out of five. Sacrificing oneself to prevent one's sacrificing themselves to the sacrifice of someone. Uh, three out of five. <laughs> Jazz. Three out of five. Oddly timed CGI planes. Uh, three out of five. Bruce Willis caring. Uh, two out of five. Shoe factories. Three out of five. Lasting three days versus lasting for a month. Uh, three out of five. Terrence Howard as Lincoln Scott. Three out of five. Old-fashioned duels. Three out of five. Saluting. Yeah, two out of five. Everything being a sham. <laughs> three out of five. <laughs> Graduating from Yale as the class's hardest worker. Three out of five. Bread football. Yeah, two out of five. Explosive propaganda. Two out of five. Explicitly evil and realistic antagonists. Three out of five. Colin Farrell as Tommy Hart. Three out of five. Three seconds, Hogan's Heroes. Three out of five. No, four Flawed times. Your best. Alrighty. Hogan's Heroes is A plus entertainment. <laughs> By really which is. I mean B minus entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> hey. But still really funny. Maybe yes. kind of in bad taste, but really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay. I'm ready for the movie. Christian. Oh, yes. Oh, right. I'm next. Ooh. You are next. Um, yeah. Um, I'm going to be um, dragging Zach by his feet to the um, happiest place on earth in our yes. next episode. Yes. Yeah. So we will be discussing Wally. Yeah. The, uh, the uh, Pixar classic. It's it's truly one of my favorite films of all time. Um, yes, I think it is beautiful and emotional and everything that anyone will ever need in a movie. <laughs> so um, uh. for those that can't see Zach at the moment, he is smirking and... Um, you know, he's going to put up with it and it's going to be okay. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Catch us next time for that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, this has been Cookie Pocket and Attempted a Podcast, Episode 12, Hearts War. Um, thank you and you're welcome. And <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.